Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Republican politicians and pundits 
Blame President Trump, weak candidates, GOP weak on messaging, not understanding how the country really feels about abortion. The polls were wrong once again, and that's just the name of few. Now, the Democrats, they believe the nation loves what Biden, they believe that the nation loves what Biden's doing to our country, and that's why we got the results. Are they right? Does America really love what Biden is doing to these United States? They claim to want to help the middle class and the poor, but their policies are hurting the exact people they claim they want to help. Now, there's also, of course, we see what's going on and has gone on in Arizona. Was there cheating by the Democrats in Nevada and Arizona? Or, and, and most media will not say this out of fear, is the dumbing of America actually happening in front of our very eyes? Now, mail-in ballots are seemingly the cause of at least a few of our nation's election woes. And I think it may be time to rid ourselves of paper ballots altogether. Uh, now, this episode we're going to discuss, at least I'm going to discuss an idea I have, the possibly replacement, almost a, maybe a total overhaul of the way we do elections in America. Now, with this new system that I think could uh, work, uh, I think it can ensure that the ten of one voter, one vote, can actually happen. Uh, vote counting with this system could it maybe be even done in real time instead of taking all this time that it is. Now, if something is not done, then America will decline and it will continue where our children and the future families will have a lower standard of living than our own. This is not the American way. Kelly and others on the line, just push the one to get into your number dial, and I'll get you into the show. Uh, so as I was watching the returns uh, last week, I mean, again, I was totally flabbergasted. You know, especially when I've seen uh, – now, not in Ohio – uh, where it was close. I mean, I thought I was thinking because I'm in Ohio here. You know, when JD Vance, when I thought when Tim Ryan was winning at first, and then JD Vance came back, but it was still we still got all the votes here in Ohio the same night. Well, we see what happened in, in Florida, and we may talk a little bit about that. And but then when it starts rolling in, we got Kelly going to come in for a minute. I'll get you in a second, Kelly. And, you know, but then we start seeing what's going on in Arizona. I mean, Pennsylvania. I mean, really? I mean, I, I generally feel sorry for Fetterman. I mean, my father had a stroke. I know what a stroke could do to somebody, but my father had a more massive one than Fetterman did. Uh, but he still had problems. I mean, now you're seeing in the media where they're talking about, eh, maybe his wife's actually going to be the one to take over. But then you start seeing what's happening in other states where they thought, well, maybe the Republicans will win, but of course the Democrat came back and they won. Now let's look, you know, looking over at Nevada, now looking over at Arizona, you know, pretty much the same thing. Um, hoping we uh, we have we can get Josh Barnett on here tonight. Um, you know, he's going to give freaking give us an update what's going uh, on there in Arizona. I recently was texting with them and. Uh, He's there talking with some folks. I won't say exactly who, um, but people connected with Carrie Lake there in Arizona. 
So hopefully we'll be able to give us a call tonight, uh, give us a, an update, or we'll, we'll get an update in, in the time to come. Uh, but let's go ahead and get Kelly uh, on the line, and she will, uh, you know, get, you know, discuss uh, some of the guests we may have tonight. Uh, but Kelly, thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, as I said, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm flabbergasted on, on what happened. This should have been, you know, a red reckoning. I mean, even historically, I thought it would have been bigger. Now. As I said earlier, maybe, maybe it is the dumbing of America. I mean, maybe people, you know, were enough people were convinced, as I said many times, that it really isn't this current regime's fault that inflation and, and gas and energy are the same. They've been convinced uh, that they haven't. Maybe they care more about the availability for women to kill their babies than they care about the future of their of their children and uh, how the you know their futures and their standard of living is going to be. Go ahead, Kel. I could go on 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 night with my disappointment. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe perhaps Americans like uh, inflation, high gas prices, uh, drag queens dancing in front of uh, third graders. You know, the angry moms are okay with this, and then you have uh, illegals coming in, uh, taking jobs and housing, which is going to skyrocket the cost of housing, create more homeless. Maybe Americans like that. I doubt it, but you know there could be election fraud involved. Um, so hopefully Chris Stubes was able to join us from uh, Chris from Kentucky and uh, tell us what's going on, what she knows about, give some updates. Paul Nelly, Georgia, and uh, he's got some very interesting things. And I can go into more details how I walked up to a, a Dominion vote counting machine the night before the election. I walked right up to it. I'll tell more details about that. But uh, it's really encouraging. Uh, since 2012, I've been working on this. And what's encouraging is there's election integrity organizations or election transparency. You can call us ETs. But uh, the election transparency people, we they're coming out of the woodwork now. And all over the country, and I got many contacts, and here's a few. And so hopefully we'll start to see some things changing as this gets exposed. So, yeah, with that said, um, I don't know if Chris is there. You got to hit uh, one on your number dial. And then Paul, and uh, give us some updates what's going on there. So, uh, is, is she there? Is Chris there? No, we don't have Chris yet, but um, we do have Paul on the line. Okay, yeah, he did some interesting things in uh, Georgia. Uh, he walked out of a precinct with a ballot, a, ca- a, a uh, ballot that was marked by a ballot marking device, and that's a felony. He did that to get the evidence in front of a judge, and I guess there's four counties, and because uh, according to Georgia law, it is illegal to add things to the ballot. And uh, so Paul can tell us about that. I guess turn it over to Paul. You want to hit one on your on your number pad? No, I've got him. Thank you very much, Paul, for coming to the show. Go ahead. Well, I thank you, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, we'll start with election day uh, under the code of uh, election code of Georgia. There are a lot of people, especially poll workers, that'll tell you, well, it's 
it's a misdemeanor if you take a picture of a ballot. Well, that's a lie. That is not what the law says. Then they'll tell you that it's a felony if you are caught outside the polling place with a ballot. That's another lie. (laughs) The problem is these poll workers are being taught lies as part of their training. Mm. So anyway, yes, I stood up after I had uh, made my selections and printed my ballot. I stood up, took two separate photographs of my ballot. Then I picked up my ballot, pulled out the little green card, and walked over to the uh, tabulating machine where you're supposed to put in your ballot so that it can be counted. But instead of that, I just put the green green card in and turned and started out the door with the ballot in my hand, and the uh, attendant, poll worker, stopped me and told me I had to put my ballot into the machine. I looked him right in the eye, and I said, Neighbor, tell me where in the Constitution or in the statutes of this state I am compelled to vote or cast this ballot. Well, uh, I, I can't do that, but you've got to put your, put your ballot in here. No, I don't. And another guy came up and took me by the arm and asked me to take a seat over there while they could go get the poll manager. Well, what they didn't know was the poll manager knew me well. He walked out of his door, looked across the room and saw me, and he, he just shook his head. He walked over and he said, Paul, have you got your ballot? I said, yep, and I'm headed over to the courthouse to uh, to turn it in as the highest and best evidence of what's happening here today. He turned to another poll worker and told her, go mark his uh, registration as non-voted. Paul, you go ahead and leave. Thank you. And by the way, you can expect to get a summons. <laughs> and out the door I went. Well, as it turns out, I get over to the courthouse, <clears throat> and Georgia law 21-2-412 provides a Section 412 hearing on Election Day, and it says there will be a judge in his courthouse from 7 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night or later if necessary for that day to take care of election problems. Well, guess what? I went into the clerk's office and I said, which one of the judges is assigned to be the 412 hearing officer today? Uh, Nobody. Nobody's been assigned to that. Okay. Thank you. So today I finished filling out a complaint to the Judicial Qualifications Commission, and I am charging the four Superior Court judges with violations of their oaths of office. Now, under Georgia law, that's a four-year felony. Sorry, it's a five-year felony. Uh, two of the other judges are not qualified, were not qualified to hold their office prior to the primary, 
and were not qualified to uh, submit their candidacy in the primary, but they did. And the reason for it was they were illegally holding public funds. So I have filed all those charges today, and they were docketed at the Judicial Qualifications Commission. So if anybody would like to be a judge in North Georgia, there will probably be four openings here in in a few weeks. (laughs) Now, the story gets a little bit better. It seems that one of our lady acquaintances down in Chatham County, and there's a historical story behind this, and that has to do with what a Chatham County grand jury did in a congressional election July the 29th, 1791. But I'll hold that story for later. But at any rate, she was having a problem with a, and I, and I don't know what it is, you know, why it is that these counties in this state can't help but put dumbass crackers in in positions where they've got no business being, but they do. And she was having a problem with one of them because he was telling her, oh, I can't give you copies of the ballots. They're not here. We turned them over to the state patrol. Well, she did her investigation, and guess what? The state patrol had not picked up any ballots and transported them to the courthouse to be put under seal. So he was lying to her. Well, there's a problem when a public official under oath who has an oath of office lies to you, and that's called violation, another violation of official oath, another five-year felony. So she happened to run into a gentleman that was a grand juror that had just started his term of grand jury, and she mentioned it to him in their conversation. And he said, well, why don't you just send a... Uh, send us a message about this, and we'll see what we can do about it. Well, she did. Well, lo and behold, at 10 o'clock this morning, she spent a little over an hour explaining to that grand jury what the election officials had been, the hanky-panky they had been playing with the public. Uh, We are hopeful because one of the documents that she presented was a petition to that grand jury from myself and a colleague of mine asking the grand jury to hear more election horror stories and to return indictments. And uh, so we're hopeful that we'll be hearing something here in the next few days. Now, I think that's enough excitement out of Georgia for right now, but what y'all do need to know is this. In 1791, the grand jury in Chatham County received some affidavits that there had been malfeasance in the various counties around Chatham County uh, involving a congressional election. So the Chatham County grand jury did its investigation, and they crossed the county lines in that congressional election into the other counties that were in their congressional district. And they returned presentments against everybody that they had found to have engaged in malfeasant conduct. 
And what they did is they instructed the Georgia legislature to indict everyone they presented. Well, not only did the uh, General Assembly indict all of them, one of them happened to be a sitting Superior Court judge in Chatham County that got caught with his fingers in the cookie jar. So the legislature just slammed the lid down on his fingers. And they did that by removing his citizenship. So, you know, they they did their job. And not only that, but the United States Congress, and when they got word of it, they appointed a committee. The committee reported back to the House that, yes, the grand jury had indicted these people, and, yes, there had been malfeasance in that congressional election. And the Congress removed the newly elected congressman from Georgia. They reinstalled the previous office holder. And then they turned around and ordered the governor of the state of Georgia to hold another election, which he did. And all of that was accomplished. Now, you've got to keep in mind, 18, uh, 1791, that's horse and buggy, okay? No Internet. And they accomplished all of that in 18 months. So with that, I'll yield. Thank you. Hello? Did you want to, uh, you know, add to that? Uh what he's talking well, about? Uh, yeah, 1791 uh, indictment from the grand jury of Chatham County, Georgia. Yes, he sent a copy of it to me, and I'm like, wow, that's the way it ought to be done. And 1791, gee, that's after the Constitution and after the Bill of Rights. So um, it still stands the effectiveness of the grand jury to get involved. That's why I sent um, petitions. I sent a petition to the statewide grand jury of Arizona, the same uh, grand jury that indicted two people on October 3rd for illegal ballot harvesting. And uh, if the statewide grand jury would get involved in Arizona, that would be great if they know their power. And there was a Todd Lawson, who was a assistant attorney general of Arizona that was prosecuting before the grand jury. So I sent this petition, and it, it arrived the Thursday before the election. And uh, I was asking the grand jury, petitioning under the First Amendment right to petition for redress of grievance, which, by the way, has its origin. Uh, there's some case law I don't have time for, but basically, in its origin, the petition was to a grand jury. Um, so the grand jury is like, oh, I don't know, 500 years older than our Constitution. So I sent it off to statewide grand jury. Hey, you know, can you guys please be on call in case any anomalies occur? And uh, Arizona can have up to three statewide grand juries. I sent a copy to, of course, Todd Lawson. And I sent copies to uh, the grand juries of Maricopa County, Pima County, and Pinal County. Those are the three most populous counties. And Pima County, by the way, has problems. I saw that right away. The spread is too much. I just—it's hard to believe that that's kind of a spread. Maricopa, there was eyes and ears everywhere, and you got—you uh, know, like a fifty-one forty-nine. Maricopa County is a really close race, with I think two and a half million. 
I'll go over some of those details later. But when poll watchers, poll observers are at the precincts and or in the county election office, um, there's not too much chance, uh, not too many uh, people wanting to cheat. But there was a Pensk truck, P-E-N-S-K-E, Pensk, like U-Haul or Ryder rental trucks. And a reporter followed that truck from the county election office back to, I'm trying to remember the name of the facility, the facility where they print ballots. Now, was it A, they're adding ballots, or B, this nice company that also printed the ballots was storing the ballots for the county? We don't know. But that looks pretty suspicious. And so that video has been going around. Interesting. Um, so we'll have to see what the what's going to happen with Arizona because uh, I don't think Kerry Lake's going to just roll over. Um, but, Paul, can you tell us more about what you're – what you and others in other counties in Georgia, the topic of adding things to a ballot and why that is uh, illegal in Georgia? Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh, Georgia's election code is contained in Title 21, Chapter 2, and there's – well, let me back up. That law, that, ele- that particular election law, was passed and signed into law by the governor on April the 2nd, 2019. Now, in that law, there is no authorization for a two-dimensional barcode, or what's called here locally a QR code, which is a derivative of a barcode. And there is no authorization for it to appear anywhere on the face of a ballot. Not only that, but there is a provision in 21-2-2 subparagraph 7.1 that there will be no computing function in the ballot marking device acting upon the uh, data that is entered by an elector. Well, the problem starts with the ballot marking device. It does perform a computing function which translates, supposedly translates, the elector's input into a graphic image of a QR code. And then it it prints it on the ballot. Now, the piece of equipment is forbidden to have a computing function on the data. The ballot itself is not authorized to contain any other marks than those authorized by the elector, but it does. So what you have is an illegal ballot marking device and you have an illegal ballot. And by the way, there is a code section in Title 21 that makes it a a misdemeanor, to uh, vote an illegal ballot. So that's the reason I got up and walked out with mine was because my ballot was illegal. I could not vote it, so I was effectively disenfranchised by the state of Georgia. So anyway, uh, one of the things... I'm sorry, what? 
I want to explain the voting process there in the, you're in Bartow County. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and explain this for the listeners. So you go there, you check your registration. Okay, you're good to vote. You go to a touchscreen voting machine, and uh, there was Fox News had an actual camera somehow inside the precinct. And so you go to the touchscreen machine, you pick your candidates and say measures or initiatives, all that. You're all done, and then you hit the print button. To the right is an HP printer, at least what I saw in the Fox clip, an HP printer that prints out your ballot. Now, of course, the first question I have is, all right, is that a Wi-Fi connection or a Bluetooth connection to the printer, or is it a cable to the printer? Because of the printer, well, I've got a printer, I've got an HP printer, and it's got Bluetooth in it. If the printer has a Bluetooth um that's access right into the vote counting machine. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Unless they disabled it or removed it, I don't know. But anyway, so you register, you touch screen, and then your ballot prints out from a printer. You take that, and it says official ballot on it because I've seen what. And then you take that, uh, and, and the way it looks is there's a QR code, and then below, instead of um, ovals being filled out, it just says for United States Senate name for Georgia legislature name, city council all the way to Dow Country. It just has names listed of who you voted for, which if there is encrypted in the code how you actually voted in the QR code, it is a very deceptive trick. Um, but the QR code may have been just a official stamp that it's an official ballot and no, no information is on it. I don't know how to read QR codes, but it does raise suspicion and so that's the way Georgia was doing things. So Paul walked out, and then he went to the court. So tell us what – and other people in other counties did the same thing. They they took a picture, and they went to the court. So what what happened in these what, four counties? Is that right? What happened there? Well, it turned out it was, so far it's six. I don't know. There's one other county that's got a hearing scheduled for Thursday. But if I can pause there just for a minute uh, – one gentleman over in the county next to me, uh, when he pulled the same stunt I did, he got caught taking a picture. Apparently, nobody was paying me any attention, which is not unusual in this county. But anyway, uh, the he wound up getting charged with a misdemeanor of photographing his his uh, ballot. And then they forced him, with deputies standing there now, they forced him to cast his ballot, an illegal ballot. So needless to say, that young man has a federal lawsuit coming that's going to rip those Cherokee County officials a new one. But anyway. But there were six of them. And by the way, all the judges who have heard this uh Election Day challenge have all ruled against our constitutional right and the 14th Amendment. So you have a certain law you can't add these, you can't add to the ballot, but the judges are just basically ignoring. They're, the ignoring law. Yeah, they're, they're dismissing it for anything they can. One dumb ice, excuse me, one dumb cracker. Uh, Judge over in Hall County 
I swear to God, that guy ain't got the brain. How he got a bar license is beyond me. How he even got out of law school is beyond me. But he even claims that uh, they are protected by sovereign immunity. Well, you know, (laughs) everybody in the country ought to realize that there's a limit to sovereign immunity. And that limit is reached when you get to the 14th Amendment. Every state in this country has promised everybody, the federal government and all of their constituents, that we will not make and we will not enforce any law which abridges the privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States. And damn if they don't turn right around on Election Day and do the very thing they've sworn they won't do. And sovereign immunity ain't going to cover them. But let me hush. I'm, I'm running now, running a far field here. Well, no, that's so, uh, okay, but I would go, go ahead, Kev, if you want to answer that. I, since he's in Georgia, I, I definitely want to have a, a conversation with him, you know, even if it's brief, about his thoughts uh, about the upcoming runoff election there. It's certainly going to be a very important, you know, election because, I mean, it's going to give, if Warnock wins, then it's, it's going to give the. The Democrats another seat in the, in the Senate, uh, whereas they're already going to pretty much have you know have control. And the last thing I seen it was like, uh, you know, forty eight or forty forty nine or something like that. It's a couple independent independents. Uh, I'm not familiar with who the who the independents are of the Senate, but um, well, but see, that's, a, that is the next uh, petition that I'll be filing will be with the Congress. Because it doesn't matter whether the Republican wins or the Democrat wins. I will be filing a petition to the United States Congress to remove whoever is the senator from Georgia for having been elected illegally. By illegal ballots. By illegal ballots. That's right. Right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> not, only uh, that, not only that, it gets worse or better, depending on your perspective. But I'll also petition the uh, Senate not only to remove Warnock, but any other senator illegally elected. And I will petition the House of Representatives to remove all representatives from the state of Georgia for having been elected by illegal ballots. Wow. In 2020, 2020, Mark M. Robinson, he was on the show. In the presidential, in the general race, the presidential election, the counties um, did not put specific language on the ballot that basically said, you're not necessarily voting for the person of president or vice president. You're voting for the Electoral College of California that elects the president. And they were required to have at least two statements by law. And the law says, California law says, the ballot shall not be cast or shall not be counted unless these statements are on the ballot. And so it appears from this violation of law, the entire 
um, congressional delegation from California was illegitimate. Now, I don't know whatever happened to Mr. Robinson and his efforts if he hired an attorney and went forward with it, but, uh, you know, there's another problem with California elections. I discovered every single component has to be certified by the state. It is not. So how many how many ways do we – I mean, do we have a rule of law or do we not? Are we going to legitimately elect people or are we not? And this is where judges – this is where it gets real interesting, Paul, is when you discover something like this, the implications are rather staggering, rather staggering. And will the judge have the courage to correct this? Or will they just go along to get along? Go along to get along. There is not, to my knowledge, there is not one uncorrupted holder of an office of a black robe in this in this nation. Except maybe, hold on, I did forget something. Judge Totenberg just might be the one exception to that. And the reason I say that is because I have heard a rumor. I have not yet been able to confirm it. But that Judge Totenberg wants all election matters on her calendar before January. So it's going to be interesting to see if our previous uh, complaint to the federal grand jury the Carling v. Raffensberger, all these other cases that have been languishing. Carling v. Raffensberger has languished for two years. She has, uh, she is, word has slipped out of the courthouse, federal courthouse in Atlanta, that she wants these election contest complaints on her calendar and because she intends to put an end to them. Well, good. Now, what that means is, you know, subject to future events, but we'll see what we shall see. She better, because if if a grand jury, if that grand jury in Chatham County gets gets their teeth into this before she does, she can just sit back and relax. She won't have anything to hear. She can just dismiss them all and not worry about it. Well, here's the other thing is if um, a grand jury indictment occurs, it shows criminal behavior Yes. Um, in a, a quote-unquote civil matter. When in any, any third-year law student would know this, but when there's uh, a civil suit going on and one party has committed a crime in, involving this civil matter, um, pretty much they lose. The criminal yep. in a civil case... You know, criminal conviction, they lose. It's a slam dunk to, for a civil case to win if your opposition has committed a crime. So she can, the judge can, take that indictment and and improve upon this and look into uh, a lot more matters and, and, and cases with a more suspecting eye. Well, if, if an attorney judge. goes into a civil matter who understands criminal law and he is able to develop evidence in hearings that shows the opposing party has committed criminal acts. 
he has an absolute right and a duty to his client to call a halt to the proceedings, the civil proceedings, and lay a petition for a warrant hearing before the judge right then. Wow. Right in the middle of a civil proceeding. He can change he can change horses. And that's what wow. more attorneys should do. Yeah. Um wow, okay. Um, hey, Robert, did Chris make it? Oh, no, I'm not. See, Chris, one of the things I want to ask you about, Paul, is uh, over in Arizona when they had all those, you know, voter machines in Maricopa, you know, having some issues, and the Lake campaign went to – to my understanding, they never did name the judge who made this decision, uh, where they asked to – you know, extend the hours for the voting hours, and and the judge he, he turned it down again. I don't think they ever named who he was. All I know is he's a Democrat report, uh, appointed judge, where he you know disallowed for them. It's you know stating that he's not seeing where anyone's votes are disenfranchised because of what's happening there with this machines. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to see. I mean that judge get impeached if that's possible. I mean, you would know certainly better than I. Is that something that uh, is feasible? Could something like that happen? Yes, if he, if if he had been a judge in Georgia it? and I had part of that uh, case, I would have been demanding uh, and filing an application for a warrant hearing charging that judge with a violation of his oath of office, which could get him five years in a state penitentiary. One of, one of Georgia's plushly appointed long-term detention places, you know. But that'd be I got no, might, you know, I got that no. Might be real quick, Kelly. That might be a recourse they could do, and is that a recourse they could do in Arizona? I mean, I know you're in Georgia, but they may the, the laws may differ. But but they have some type of recourse like that in uh, Arizona. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they have uh, an oath of office statute. I'm sure they have a theft. By the way. In Georgia, what a judge would be doing in a case like that, when I, here's something you need to understand. When any judge abuses the law and turns it to an instrument of plunder, he is committing a felonious act. And that is a crime in virtually every state that I know of. So, yes, a judge can be criminally prosecuted by for committing crimes from the bench. Well, that's uh, definitely one to, uh, to hold on to and then see if we could get that to somebody. Cause, I mean, I mean, I think a big part of what happened there uh, in in Arizona, you know, you know, stems from that. I mean, personally, you know, I think there's something going on there, again, like there did in 2020, and I think, that, you know, the same in, in Nevada. But there's no, there's no stomach for it. I mean, that's kind of one of the frustrating things about why, you know, I say this is kind of the dumbing down of America, the dumbing of America. We're seeing it in front of our very eyes is because it's like people don't want to see, you know, what, what's actually going on. They just want to, you know, let it go, uh, keep it in the past and move forward. It's like care of this. No, 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 no. Anybody that has that attitude needs to be held up, robbed every day of their life. They need to be beaten every day of their life. 
That is the stupidest attitude that ever existed. You do not let crimes go. You just don't do it. It's stupid. And by the way, talking about that uh, grand jury in Arizona that indicted them people, that grand jury stopped too damn short. They should have asked the question, has any other activity diminished the value of a vote in our county? Then they would have had jurisdiction not only to have looked into the entire state of Arizona, they could have gone on to New Mexico, they could have gone to Pennsylvania, they could have gone to Michigan, Wisconsin, hell, they could have gone into the halls of Congress with their investigation. Well, one of the arguments we keep hearing is, oh, well, you know, all the lawsuits that are being, you know, put forth are all getting turned down. I mean, why do you think these, all these judges are turning down all these cases? Politics, man. Politics has ruined the rule of law. And the people don't want to, they don't want to admit it. They think they can, oh, I'm going to go complain to my senator. I'm going to go complain to my House of Representatives member. I'm going to complain to my legislature. Well, how's that working out for you the last three or four years? Right. How many of you have taken the matter to a fully informed grand jury? You know what the difference is? The difference is if you go into civil court, first thing that's going to happen is you're going to have to lay down anywhere from $212 to $415 just to file a suit. And then you've got the expense of a lawyer if you ain't got sense enough to do it yourself. That gets expensive. That's, you know, that's, you're starting off at a $10,000 retainer. So right there, you're over $10,000 out of your pocket. You know what it costs to go to a grand jury? Not one red cent. Not one. You do not pay a filing hey, fee to go to a grand jury. Paul, it cost me $200 in shipping. Excuse <laughs> me. Now I, you're over $10,400. Well, I know, but it cost me $200 in shipping when I sent, because the CC list was quite long. I sent it to... Uh, several other campaigns like Mark Fincham, Secretary of State. I sent it to the campaign of Abraham Hamadah running for Attorney General. Listen, and, something, uh, let, let me mention this, Kelly. There, there are always, always, this, this, is a, this is a rule chiseled in granite. There are always two winners in every civil suit that goes to court. Both of them are lawyers. Well, I agree with you as far as petitioning a grand jury is basically free. I mean, cost of copies and or shipping. But then one of the challenges with uh, the grand jury, it's a challenge to the attorneys because if you can resolve things through the grand jury, then attorneys aren't getting paid. It is a business. Oh, don't that just break my heart? It is a business competitor. In the state of New York, if you find out you're being investigated by a grand jury, you can request to appear and tell your side of the story. If you stop an indictment, you have just saved yourself um, defense attorney fees. Yes. 
Yeah, and so the person getting in front of the grand jury who's being investigated, Law and Order actually did an episode on this. A guy was accused of a date rape, um, and the grand jury didn't indict him, but he got in front of the grand jury. This is New York. So some attorney didn't get paid $50,000, to defend the client. Right, because he wasn't indicted. He didn't now, do you understand a, why a defense attorney. the oldest profession in the world does not want you to know about the grand jury? <laughs> you don't mean prostitution. You mean attorneys. Okay. Hey, the it's just a question of which right. part of the right. body is being offered for sale. <laughs> okay, the mind. Anyway, um, so let's get back to uh, – Let's see, there's an Oregon lawsuit, which is real interesting, but I wanted to go ahead and read from this two, it's three pages. The indictment of Gloria Lopez Torres, state of Arizona, plaintiff versus Gloria Lopez Torres, defendant. In the Superior Court of the state of Arizona, in and for the county of Yuma, indictment, charge, charging violations of count one, conspiracy, count two, ballot abuse. They call it ballot abuse. Then it starts, the 91st Arizona State Grand Jury accuses Gloria Lopez Torres charging on this third day of October 2022 in or from Yuma County, Arizona, a conspiracy where she worked with people. That's count one. Count two says ballot abuse. During a period of time beginning on or about July 12, 2020, and ending on or about August 4th, 2020, Gloria Lopez Torres knowingly collected voted or unvoted early ballots from another person in violation of the Arizona statutes. Uh, said conduct occurred when Gloria Lopez Torres collected seven early ballots from Natalie Guadalupe Lizarraga Mayorquin, a.k.a. Natalie Buckman, for the August 2020 primary election. And Natalie also got indicted by the grand jury. And this is signed by, of course, the grand jury foreman, uh, signed a true billman, uh, a true bill, dated 10-3-22, signature of the four-person of the grand jury, and Todd Lawson, the assistant attorney general. Okay, so that was one, but there needs to be literally hundreds and hundreds more, because if you have watched the movie 2,000 Mules, People were ballot harvesting illegally and dumping in the ballot drop boxes, and they got documented on video cameras, government video cameras, of stuffing ballots into the ballot drop box. And then their cell phones were traced, and they kept going back to a warehouse. So at least Arizona got some people there. But uh, the Attorney General, Braunovich, Mark Braunovich, uh, he has not been doing enough. And there was some squabble in the news about their uh, people complaining that he's not doing much. He's terming out, and we're gonna, there's going to be a new attorney general in Arizona. And, of course, if it's going to be a Democrat, guess what will happen? Oh, we're just not going to prosecute all these mules that uh, has been reported. And it was true the vote that turned over the evidence to the Arizona uh, attorney general. So, you know, some big questions here, like, well, what's going on? Are we going to prosecute or not? Well, let's rig the election. This is just a strategy, a hypothetical strategy. Rig the election and get rid of the attorney general that's going after people, and you get your new attorney general that won't go after people 
for ballot stuffing. I mean, this is getting really concerning. Robert, what's your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts is, I think, as I said in the opening of the show, is I think our election system needs a total overhaul. I say one where, and hear me out, Kelly, because I know we have a little bit of disagreements, but where no paper ballot exists at all. I think that we have the technology. Yes, we, it's going to have taken work and tweeting, I'm sure, tweaking and law tweeting, uh, tweak, maybe some tweeting, and laws, and, and so I know, you know, to, to completely overhaul it, but here's what I would envision it. Okay, here's, here's what I would envision is that no paper ballots, it's all done electronically. We, I mean, we do all kinds of things electronically. Why can't we vote? And what you do is you link every vote to someone's social security number. So if you link, so, you know, I know there could be problems that we could, we could hash those out, but in the ideal way of this, you know, for this to work is every person in America has a social security number. Everybody. When you're a baby, you have a social security number. So when you vote, you, they, they link your vote to your social security number. That way, you know, that can, if done right, of course, that can be one person, one vote. So when you go in the system to vote, you know, I, I think you can, again, if done right, keep multiple people from being able to vote, fake people, you know, people who don't ever exist, or even dead people from voting. Because once once the you know a system's got to be created certainly, but a system that logs and says okay once this social security number is cast for this uh, vote boom done that that vote is done, and then also you can't create fake names or fake social security numbers because the system would be like no this isn't a real social security number, so it can keep it from there. And then what I think people could do is here's how I envision it. You go online, you have your ballot, you see your ballot, and you can click it. I do electronic applications in my work every day. Okay, so you can do this on a computer. You click it, and it fills out the ballot for you. Okay, again, you have it linked to your Social Security number. And then what you can do is you can download your ballot. I think, again, this probably be laws and things of that nature, but you download your ballot. So if you ever want to you know, be a part of an audit to say or check, hey, did my vote really go through as what I voted, you can check that. You can download your ballot. You can print out your ballot after you fill it out if you wanted to. There's no mail-in ballots. There's no stuffing ballot boxes. There's no absentee, you don't have to worry about people getting sent, you know, absentee ballots, uh, you know, just en masse so that people can use them to cheat. That that would be, that could be gone, you know, and so, and, and the vote counting could almost happen in real time. We're not taking days to get these votes because as soon as you click the button electronically, because these things move at about the speed of light now, you know, the electronically, it tallies your vote. So the vote can be tallied in real time. So 
it, whether there's early voting or whether you say no, everyone on this one day has to vote. I still think maybe some early voting, but you, it, it may not have the early voting be as long. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some complaints about some things, but those could be hashed through. But that's how I envision it, where you can't stuff. You, I mean, there's no more mail-in voting. There's no more vote uh, ballot harvesting because you can't harvest votes because there's no paper ballots at all. The only paper there is is if someone wants to print out their ballot so that there's ever an audit to make sure that their vote, you know, it, you know, count it as they vote it, then they could be a part of that audit. Say, hey, look, this is how I voted. How come I voted for this Republican here? And it's showing on the system. And see, that's another thing I think people should be able to do is use their social security number that, or, or may, and their social security number and a password they make up to go online and see – what their ballot says, and they like, and then they can look and say, "Hey, wait a minute! This ballot, you know, online is saying something different than what my ballot is that you know, you know that I did right there." You know what I mean? And so you can compare it. You know, you can later on compare it if you want to. I know I think people should be encouraged to do that. You know, so again, that that's a, a skeleton of an idea, but I mean, I think that can alleviate a lot of the problems we're seeing today. Um, do you want some feedback on that? Yeah, for both of you guys. I mean, yeah, there's going to be things that are going to have to be tweaked, and there's going to be concerns that are going to have to be uh, addressed. But I think this could be better than right. the system we have now. All right. So if we have a vote counting system, or you could even go online and you can cast your vote only once to your uh, your state ID or your Social Security number, and it's 100% well, secure, 100% accurate, the what? Yeah, it would have to be your social security number, not like a state ID or something. It has to, it has to be because everyone has one. Not everyone has a driver's license. Not everyone has a state ID. It has to be your social security number because that everyone has one and everyone has a unique one. So, I mean, and they can they can well, look for, you up by your right. social security number. Well, but for the one percent that doesn't have uh, a state ID or a social security number, they can go to the precinct and vote. But with uh, Let's just run with your idea for a little bit. Let's suppose a computer system is set up, tied to Social Security number, and uh, it's 100% secure, 100% accurate, and holds zero vulnerabilities. And I would be all for it because then we would get rid of ballot stuffing and all sorts of things. All right? And uh, the problem here is that you can't make a computer secure. John McAfee, the famous McAfee antivirus software, that guy, who, by the way, hung himself. By the way, he hung himself in Spain. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Anyway, but he uh, just like Epstein. But anyway, McAfee said there's there's no computer that can be made 100% secure with computer security experts that are just um, absolutely stunning. Some of these guys can't leave the country. Um, they they patch up uh, vulnerabilities and things. And I told him about. Um, the, the concerns about <clears throat> Dominion and other vote counting systems, ESNS, Heart Civic. Um, he got it right away. He's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Anybody that works with computers enough knows you can't, you just can't make them 100% secure. Then the other problem with Social Security says right on your card and not to be used for identification unless you, and the law is unless you have a government benefit like welfare or workers' comp, whatever, unemployment. So that's another challenge. Um, but 
there's got to be a oh, way. Yeah, See, we put there's them, definitely going to be challenges. There's definitely going to be challenges involved. Now, real quick, Kelly, where you talk about the hacking is you know, that, that's why something that can be part of the, of the fail-safe is that's why, you know, after you, you, you know, sub, or before you submit your ballot, you can download your ballot to your own, your, your own computer. I mean, think about it. You got, what, over 100-something million computers? Of every of people downloading their 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 ballot to their computer, uh, yes, I know you can hack. You would have to you would have to hack the entire country in order to be able to hack everyone's computer, uh, you know, or, or what they because well, yeah, that's what you do is okay before you or maybe maybe it's automatic, you know, where okay you click the button it downloads the, you know, downloads to the computer where you can look your computer where you can look at it. It's in a PDF form, kind of like when you download your tax form. You know, I mean, I, I mean, who, who doesn't? Uh, a lot of people send their tax forms in electronically now. You can print out your tax form that you filled out, uh, you know, on 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 your computer, and then you also, you know, can look look up your your past tax returns. It would be the same thing. You look it up to make sure that the one that's counted is the same as the one that you did. Well, that would be a nice <clears throat> feature. Um, it would be nice. Well, you know, one way to make this uh, completely secure so that nobody's voting for you is if everybody gets the mark of the beast and someone to go to the precinct or if they're at their laptop and they got the little beast reader, you know, you just, boom, there's your ID. You don't need social security number. You don't need to say, yeah, you know, they just mark of the beast on your on your well, now you're being hand. Of course I'm being facetious. So, you know, you just scan your the mark of the beast, and then you can vote, and only you can vote, and then we have an on-selection. Yes, of course I'm being facetious. The mark of the beast, by the way, is going to have many, many benefits. Many benefits. They're yeah. going to Identify yeah, criminals well, right away where they are, all stuff. But that's for another show. All right. Well, so. uh, okay, Cal, I, I understand, but I don't know where I don't know where that has to do with what my idea is. Well, what it would are, be are you, would are, produce. I mean, are you? Are you? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know where those are, those are coming together. Can you clarify that for me? Well, see, instead of a social security number, the mark of the beast. I mean, the only way to vote for a dead voter is to to dig up his grave, grab his arm. And, and run the mark across. I mean, you know, one person, one vote is what the mark of the beast would do. And if they, it, it, it's, you know, anyway, let's, I want to, I want to switch topics. Well, I know you want to switch topics, but I mean, I want to flesh this out, you know, because and I want to get, I want to get Paul's, uh, you know, Paul's take on it. Is I don't know why you're you're equating the mark of the beast with someone using their social security number to vote. I mean I don't know if it's just you're being funny or or if you're trying to say one is equate to the other or I mean I don't know where you're going with that, Kelly. I was being facetious because if you think about it, the mark of the beast will have a lot of benefits to society. Oh uh, well, eternally, I, I, eternally, I, it's not a benefit at all. But it's it would be the. <clears throat> No, but I mean, throwing jokes aside, because I mean, I'm, I'm very serious about this, and I really don't want to, you know, add on any jokes to it. I mean, I, I just well, I'm sorry. Not, I, well, here, yeah. here's my bottom line: with any type of um, online voting, it scares the bejeebies out of me. Well, because well, it just 
any kind of but, online voting. Well, I mean, you, you, as you, well, as I said, you, you put you put Safeco. I mean, how, how is it any worse than what we're dealing with now? Uh, I mean, I mean, we're trying to say. I mean, it's not what what we're doing now isn't working. With having these paper ballots, it it isn't working. Okay, I mean, at least what we're we're trying to do is trying to alleviate these problems of people being able to stuff ballots and fake ballots and having people who are who really are dead from voting or people that shouldn't be off the voter roll. Because remember, with social security numbers, if you die. They 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 stop your social security number. That you know that it's deleted. You can't use it. You know, so that that's where there. Yeah, I know you're. But what's the alternative to continue with these these mail-in ballots? We try to have people monitor, and then they'll bring you up. And Paul, I mean, we've had people try to monitor, and that's one another idea I had was just have people. You know, you have to get an army of people. You know, to stand outside of these voter boxes, but then you have judges telling people to cease and desist. From watching the, you know, from watching the the drop box. Go ahead, Paul. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, right now, there there's only one way to do a to do an election, and that's with paper ballots and hand counting. The, any any other method that involves electronics is so subject to easily subject to hacking that it's just impractical to even consider it. And besides... Well, how's that, how's that, but, you, but how difficult is it going to be to hack, hundred, you know, 150 million computers? I mean, what, I'm, I'm, when, I know, well, it, wouldn't it be much easier to hack, you know, the computer systems and the number, just in the number of precincts? Okay, so, I mean, let's say 10,000. Here's the thing with, with, with that. And, and I get where you're coming from, but if you get if you have ten you have one precinct and they have ten thousand votes, okay. That so what one hacker has to do is all, the only machine that that hacker has to hack is that voting machine. That's the only compute. That's the only machine that voters got that the hackers got to, to play with. If you had 10,000 people individually, that's 10,000 machines that that one hacker's got to try to manipulate instead of one or whatever handful of machines that's in those precincts. So well, that's not that hard to do when you've got robots. When you've got bots running around loose on the Internet, it don't take well, them but just blink of an eye to infect uh, home, home computers. They can infect... A hundred thousand in the blink of an eye. Well, the, the speed, well again, the it's speed. not going to be. It's not. It's not going to be open. I mean, as, you know, there's going to have to be. As I said, stated earlier, there's going to have to be technologies to protect it. But as we as we all know, the paper ballots isn't working for us. They have found a way. This is the second election. This is the second election where they found ways. To harvest, do ballot harvesting, uh, to, to be stuffing these these for uh, ballots into these, uh, you know, these drop boxes. I mean, we didn't even ask for absentee absentee ballots, and they were just mailed to us. They were they were just mailed to us. The the paper ballots, you know, you know, well, counting paper ballots. Well, if you're counting a paper ballot, you see a signature on there. So what? 
You're going to look at ten. You're going to look at you're going to look at hundreds, if not thousands, of signatures. How are you going to be able to differentiate between that's not a fake signature or not? I, I mean, I can go and I can change my signature up uh, thousands of times if I if my hand can take it. A fake a fake ballot sign and put fake signatures on there, and then just drop them all in the cow back, and then someone gets a box full of these ballots and they just slide it in the machine. Oh, yep, that's a thing. Oh, this one's signed. Oh, this one's signed. Oh, this one's signed. Who's to say that that's not a fake signature? I mean, I, I mean, oh, that's signed. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. It's signed. It's dated, and it's got votes on it. And someone gave it to me. I mean, if, you, I mean, me if you're counting fake ballots, it doesn't matter if you're hand counting it. You're still counting a fake ballot. Well, let me explain about signatures. You know, comparing signatures. Um, the way it was in 2016, a report, because when I, I worked with the Bernie Sanders people, Bernie got cheated out of California because they had to have Hillary in the coronation process. <clears throat> but one of our conference calls, we have it every week, uh, Pitney Bowes machine, the Pitney Bowes machines down in L.A. would read the signature based on it and compare it to a database. But they had settings. They could set have a setting so high that it's almost it matched perfectly and it won't approve it. They could have a setting so low that anybody could forge a signature. And that was, I mean, that's just another way for thing and and change the sensitivity for verifying signatures. Um, Carrie Lake, I like what she said. When we have elections in Arizona, when I'm the governor, we're just going to not use any software. Well, that's interesting. So it's worked for this country for how many centuries? You go back to, what, 1620 or, you know, we're at, what, 400 years now in our country when you look at Massachusetts Bay Colony, the pilgrims. And the the history of ballots is quite fascinating. We don't have time, but people would just write on a piece of paper. That's how. And then parties would start giving ballots for, say, Republicans only for convenience voter turnout, and then eventually it turned into what we have now. There are a lot more details in this, but I don't have time. <clears throat> so then we brought in the software, and this is where the big problems have been. Of course, there's been cheating, because it's high-tech and low-tech. I mean, ballot stuffing has been around for a long time, and uh, it's the will. The problem here is the will. We put a man on the moon. We put uh, The Navy put a man in, in the Marianas Trench, and uh, James Cameron also was in the Marianas Trench. We have the technology. We just don't have the will. We don't have the will, and cheaters cheat in any way imaginable. In Pennsylvania, I saw the letter from the legislators. There are about 15 legislators who called on the Secretary of State. Hey, you people have sent out 240,000 ballots to people that have not been verified as registered voters. And the Secretary of State saying, well, the county's got to take care of that. And then the county say, no, the Secretary of State's got to take care of that. And then in the, in the testimony from the committee, the legislative committee, um, somebody uh, it was a deputy uh, or somebody within the Secretary of State's office of Pennsylvania, they said, well, counties will often count these ballots without verifying that it came from a registered voter. 240,000, that's enough to shift an election. Um so it's the will. 
the problem here is the will. That's why we have to pass laws and heavily enforce the laws uh, that are existing, just like gun control. Um, well, well, but they're all, well that, that was the problem of 2000. That was a, the problem of 2020. Uh, there were laws. They just simply ignored them. And, you, you know, you've had things happen, you know, what, what occurred, in, you know, over in Pennsylvania, for instance, in 2020. I mean, they, there, you know, there are laws. They're just being, you know, they were just being ignored, and no one is doing it about anything about it. And then, you know, you know who I'm, I'm, you know, want to hear more about and read more about. Maybe you guys heard something about, um, about it. Is look what they're doing over in Brazil. Two things. One, I think, uh, you know, Republicans, conservatives, whatever you want to call yourself, I, we really need to start adopting the tactics of the left. We really do. I, I mean, if we don't, we're going to continue to lose. That, that's that's my, my thought on that, you know, that, that's thought one. Well, well thought are, is, are you saying you – are are Hold you, on, Cal. Hold on. I'll, I'll give the basis, and then we can, we can come back and discuss it. And then number two, okay, number two is, you know, you see what's going on over in Brazil where the people, after their presidential election, uh, went to the streets. I mean that's well. I mean that's what the that's what the left do. They they protest en masse. They make themselves visible. You know, I think one of the reasons why you know, I mean, yeah, people go out and, and you know rallies, but I think people actually went out and protested. You know, much like what we're seeing in Brazil so far. I mean, yeah, I think we need to start doing things like that too. Um. Okay. The uh, challenge with protests, well, John F. Kennedy said it extremely well. Those who make peaceful resolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. And it's sad to say, but it looks like this is where things could be heading in this country. Um, well, I, I agree. Get some things straightened out. And it'll be state by state. Now, you look at Florida. If we use Florida as a measuring uh, yardstick, okay? Uh, Mr. Nelly there, he's right next door to Florida. DeSantis, uh, they had a election investigation team under the governor, and they put a couple people in jail. So that's a good start. That's a warning shot across the bow. Punish the vicious to protect the virtuous. There you go. What a, gov- a governor ought to do. With this midterm election, it was a red wave in Florida, and they were done in seven hours. So what's going on with Arizona? Well, I guess you're still counting or, or close to it. Um, I got a text from another election integrity activist uh, named David Getz. He's in North Carolina. And he is working on the canvassing. That's why he can't join us. That would be nice if he could join us. But he texted me back, um, canvas is Friday, so he needs to complete his research. Our numbers are still changing. He's a numbers guy. His technique is looking at numbers and anomalies. He's got some laws passed in North Carolina. But the numbers are changing. Oh, gee, that's kind of suspicious. Hey, can I go into this Oregon lawsuit? Yeah, but you're breaking up there for a little bit, Kelly. Kelly, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So there's a, file, a lawsuit filed against Oregon Secretary of State as county officials are alleging voter fraud and suppression. Election integrity watchdog groups have filed a lawsuit against Oregon officials 
they are alleging election fraud and voter suppression. Okay, against Secretary of State Shima Fagan and several governments, that would be the counties of Clackamas, Washington, Montnomah, Lane, Lynn, Marion, Jackson, Deschutes, Deschutes, Yamhill, Douglas, Cooks, and Klamath that alleges voter suppression failures to address voter fraud complaints. Number of examples, uh, evidence, and they also reference the 2000 Mules documentary film, and uh, they're concerned about the mule rings engaged in ballot harvesting in Portland and Eugene with the intent of committing voter fraud. Basically, you win Portland and Eugene, Oregon, you, you pretty much won the state. Um, the lawsuit also claims that Oregon election officials are manipulating the ballot data entered into the computerized databases to alter the outcomes of elections. Another claim made by the lawsuit is that an unusually high number of voters, as high as 85 voters, are registered at the same address, some of which are abandoned homes, which no one lives in, and that many voter registrations are tied to locations that do not exist as residences, such as vacant lots, vacant buildings, supermarket parking lots, and street corners. Um, The lawsuit alleges that the laws created by Democrat politicians, such as House Bill 2681 and House Bill 3291 are designed to create phantom voters and make it easier for election fraud to, and that this has the effect of disenfranchising, disenfranchising legitimate voters. Um, the other allegations blocking public records requests, um, asking as high as $51,000 for the ballot images from the 2020 elections. The plaintiffs of the lawsuit, um, let's see, a a number of plaintiffs here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and these are officials. Most of these are are government officials or they ran for office. Some of them are investigative journalists. Some of them are election integrity groups. Um, And let's see, Senator Dennis Linthicum, I know him personally, uh, but he did win his election. Uh, and so they're filing a motion for limited ex- expedited discovery with the goal of preserving documents in the 2022 election by taking up to three forensic images of the tabulating computers servers at each of the counties during the period of election tabulation. Um, so this is going to be interesting. Of course, Oregon is quite left, and we'll see if the judge dismisses the case. And then they're going to have to appeal. This is what's frustrating about lawsuits. When it comes to election integrity, um, lawsuits can take years to get through the courts. For example, I think it was Tucson that wanted a beltway around the city. The Libertarians found this out. This is back in 2008 or nine. And uh, all sorts of polls. Nobody wants to pay for this bond that would bring a freeway loop around Tucson. I believe it was Tucson. It's been years, but a major city in Phoenix. And people just said no to the bond. Well, it passed, magically passed. The Libertarians sued, and it took years and years. And then they finally were able to get their hands on the ballots and found out that instead of the thicker ballot paper, it was regulating half by 11 paper. They found all sorts of problems with it. And, of course, the lawsuit continued, but pretty much – by the time the lawsuit ended, they spent the money from the collection of the bonds to to build the the loop, the freeway loop around the city. It's like it's frustrating how long some of these lawsuits take. 
when it comes to elections. Um, and that's, of course, why I keep bringing up grand jury. So, um, so yeah, Oregon, you might see something out. And Dennis Lenticum, uh kind of the southern central part of Oregon. Um, I've been on conference calls with him. He's a wonderful, amazing man, an awesome patriot. And I'm surprised on last Friday's call he didn't tell us about this. But um, So we'll see what happens with that lawsuit. But I'm beginning to get concerned. Um, well, first of all, the good news. I've been at this since 2012. Elected integrity groups are coming up. The public has to replace their, and I mean specifically conservatives, <laughs> they have a naiveness. Okay, they, they are imputing their good qualities on the government and the election system. That is a big no-no. There's some naiveness going on here. When the public replaces their naiveness with suspicion, that's like step one, then with suspicion and awareness, then comes investigations and evidence. And then enough uproaring, and we will get enough people screaming at their county election officials, the county supervisors, county commissioners to change the laws and get this straight. Because practically the elections are run at the county level, but run uh, they're under the laws of the state. And so in some states, I'm sorry to say this, California, I believe, is lost. Because why would the legislature of California change the election laws when they're benefiting from the current election laws and they keep getting into power? They're not going to change things. Massachusetts is even worse. I was on the phone with somebody else about that. Um, it's like what ten, uh, like twenty percent Republican in the in the legislature, if that. So why would these, once they're in power, and they have control of the law books and new uh, new laws or old laws or whatever, why are, are certain state legislatures going to change the laws when it's been working so well for them? That goes back to the redneck saying, "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." Well, what if it is chronically broke, and it's used to, to continue to remain in power. Um, other states are going to stand firm, Missouri, Texas, uh, Florida, maybe with Paul Nelly's help, Georgia will get some things straightened out. Um, but I'm sorry, there's there's some states that are just plain lost. Pennsylvania went, um, that Supreme Court ruling was excellent. I read it. That Pennsylvania had a long history of voting only at the polls. And the vote by mail was was bad, don't do it again, but the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania allowed the legislature to have a go at it as far as if they wanted to do universal mail and voting. Guess what the Democrats did? Universal mail and voting. That was this summer, and of course, and there's another lawsuit trying to get that all worked out. But Pennsylvania Supreme Court made it clear our history has been you want to vote, vote at the precinct. Absentees are only for military, for people who can't get out of their sick, their health, they can't get out of bed, or third-year work takes you away, that's an absentee ballot. That's the only justifiable thing. And then the Democrats quickly switched over to universal vote by mail. So <laughs> this is where it's just getting strange because how many states uh, – you look at uh, states that have mail-in ballots, guess what? Oh, they went all Democrat, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California. They were like the first states to do uh, vote by mail. I really opened that up and, and, and pushed the throttle down and, and pushed for it. And guess what? We're all Democrats. 
I mean, Jimmy Carter warned us about this. Um, can I tell you about what happened the night before the election? Which election? This one? Yeah, this one. Uh, I do not believe you did. I told you briefly, briefly, but... So, I figured out that these old county machines are showing up days before the election. Well, yeah, yeah, you told me about this. You showed me a video. Yeah, yeah, I sent you a video. And, uh, but I figured this out in uh, 2020. Well, actually, I started noticing something in 2018 at a local precinct. There's always this white trailer that shows up around the time of the elections. And so as a poll observer, I asked, is, is that trailer? Uh, oh, yeah, the Volk County machines, they come in that trailer. Okay, well, here's what happens. The Volk County machines are stored somewhere here in the county, in Siskiyou County, California. We're on Oregon border. They're stored somewhere, and election day, you can't just show up the night before. It's got to be like Santa Claus. You have a contractor or a vendor that, that picks them up from storage and spends several days, as much as five days ahead of the election, and they drop them off at various precincts. So I noticed that, well, how long have they been here? And who has access to it? So in 2020, in the primary, which was in March, um, I had a friend of a friend that opened up the door and I photoed the vote counting machines there the night before the election. How many people had keys to this facility? It's called the Miners and Convention Center here in Eureka. I asked where the precincts are. Okay, well, that's interesting. So, yeah, there's the vote counting machines the day before the election. How many people have keys to this room? Hmm, how many people at the Best Western Miners Convention Center have keys? And so then I realize that if you can hack one machine, you can actually hack the results of the entire county because the removable memory card can have a, a, a virus on it. You swap out the removable memory card. You put it into the uh, – that removable memory card is about the size of a cigarette pack. And it gets put in the central tabulator, virus uploaded, and the entire results of the county are changed. You just need physical access. Why well, prove physical access? I brought up the supervisors. I brought up the county election officials. They're not doing anything about it. Apparently. So in uh, 2020, me and Officer Wichert walked right up to a volcano machine in Fort Jones the day before the election, and I filmed it. He wasn't too happy. Well, this time, I drove by the Miners Inn Convention Center Monday night. Oh, the lights are on. That's interesting. Maybe they're getting ready for the election. So I park, walk in, and it's a local college, community college, College of the Siskis. They had an event. I said, well, I know the machines are here because there's a trailer. So I used the other door. It's a foyer with four doors. I walked right up to the vote counting machine. I took a photo. It was about 7.42 the night before the election, Monday, November 7th, 2022. It's the third time I've done this. And I called YPD right away, local police department. They didn't want to get involved. Talk to your county election official. I already have. Talk to supervisors. I already have. So the next day I went to the sheriff. Guess what? Well, I'll talk to your county supervisors. I already have. Talk to the uh, election Officials, I already have. Anyway, so I, I, I put on a full-on report to the county election official on Thursday. They weren't too happy with me because I showed them the picture. They were not very happy. Stamp, stamp received, and she slid it back in a real angry manner towards me. Professional, but, but her body language was sheer anger. Tuesday at the pro, at the precinct, being a poll observer, so you know, the polls close at 8, and then uh, I knew somebody. Her name is Louise. Um, she runs a uh, 
the local Patriot Party or Tea Party. And she's sitting at a table, one, two, three of them, three ladies at a table, you know, four workers, okay. So I says, well, hello, Louise. How, uh, where were the vote counting machines stored last night? And she points to her right, which is to my left. Oh, it's the storage closet, but it was locked last night. Okay. I put the picture right on the table. She where'd you get that? I says, I walked right up and took that photo last night. And she said, I can't, I don't believe it. Not out of my lack, not out of my credibility, my credentials. It was her shock, her emotional shock. So we walked over there and I said, hey, look, okay, so you see in the room here that stack of rectangular tables. Now look at the picture. You see over against the wall, those round tables? Yeah, now look at the picture. And she says, oh, my gosh, it's real. And we sat down and the two poll, two other poll workers were not too happy. One of them like, who are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? And Louise stood up for me. She's like, oh, yeah, he's local. Oh, okay. And uh, But I could tell their, their paradigm shift. What All they had worked for from 6 in the morning about 9 o'clock at night when they finally leave. Uh, I've been negated because these machines, but one lady like, oh, but they have all these seals. And see, we have to break these seals, and you can go watch, and we put them in a, a bag and everything else, and blah, 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 blah. I didn't tell her. I did not tell her that a hacker could bring a 3D printer and replace the seals. I didn't tell her that because she could hardly, hardly accept seeing that photo. I'm going around, I'm showing locals these photos, and they're not happy. They are not happy. And I'm waiting for a response from a county election official, which should probably blow me off again. And then I'll go to the supervisors. And they're not going to be happy about this either. Um, but the good news is a lot of people are waking up to this. They're replacing their naiveness with suspicion. When suspicion grows and we will have um, investigations, we'll get more evidence, and hopefully things will change. The question I have, and Paul, is it too late? Has the conservatives, has the American people woken up enough, become aware enough to make the necessary changes to save this thing called democracy? I know we're a republic, but we're a representative republic, but democracy is voting. So let's, it, this is really going to be a vote for democracy. Do you want an honest election or do you not? That's, don't focus on the candidates except those candidates that will fix this problem. Is it too late? That is my question. Your thoughts, Robert and, and Paul? Well, you being one of our guests, Paul, you go ahead, and then I certainly got my thoughts on it. Go ahead. Thank you. The simple answer to that is the, the degree of evil that will be endured by the majority has not yet reached a level of resistance, and I'll yield. Oh, Jefferson nailed that. In the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson said, prudence indeed will dictate um, that people are more uh, predisposed to suffer. Yeah, people are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of usurpations and tyranny presents itself, it's not only their right, their duty to throw off such guards and provide new guards for the future security. It's right there in the Declaration. So, yes, people have are predisposed to suffer to a point. The only problem is when that point is reached, 
they'll forget all about the civilized process of the grand jury, and that is when they will reach up above the mantle and take a death grip on the Second Amendment. And that will be a sad day. And I'll yield. Gentlemen, as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to have to go see if I can check out these uh, roadmaps on the inside of my eyelids. It's been it's been a long time since four o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh no, I I understand. I was up late uh, watching the Artemis launch last night, and then had uh, then you know had to go in for work today, and then uh, tomorrow I'll have an 11 hour day. <laughs> Bless your heart. Uh, at work, so yeah, I understand. Uh, well, no, it's uh, per- uh, certainly appreciate uh, you coming to the show tonight, uh, Paul. Um, I look forward to talking with you again, and uh, you uh, you take care. We'll keep it. Look up. forward to it. Y'all have a great evening. Good night. You too. Great. Thanks, Paul. Okay. And, and, and Kelly, I've, I'm and for the most part uh, with what Paul said, I, I I do agree. Well, actually, a lot of it, I do agree with it. Um, that no, no. I mean, this election obviously showed that no, people are willing to suffer, but 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 for what? What are they willing to? What are they getting for their suffering? Is what I'm what I'm getting at. Is and they are suffering. I mean, frankly, I mean, my biggest suffering is at this point, I'm not able to invest. Uh, I know I just don't have the, the the funds to do the investing that I want to do over and above what I'm already investing. I'm doing some investing. I'm doing some saving, but I want to do more. And inflation has basically kept me from doing that. So, I mean, I took – I mean, I'll be frank with you. I took two trips this year, um, you know, two you know, nice trips uh, traveling. Uh, so inflation – hasn't hurt me as much as I mean. It, I mean, again, it, I mean, it sucks because I can't take. You know, I'm working look, working on my next uh, vacation I'm going to take, or I want to be able to invest in more than what I'm investing, and I and I can't. Uh, but that being in turn my retirement. But that being said, is it's the there are people who are really are hurting uh, more so than I am, and I'm, I'm I wouldn't even call it pain because. It's just I'd like to be able to do more, um, but there are people who really are having a hard time keeping money in their tank at, to get to work and going grocery shopping and, and feeding their children, and that is the pain that people are willing to endure for what so that they can. I mean, th- this is why I call it. Sorry, I'm not sorry. The dumbing of America. The Americas are dumb because. And I'm not afraid to say it because here they are giving up the future, you know, unless they change, they're giving up the future of the children, which I mean by that is we are in a trajectory where our children will have a lower standard of living than we did. That's frankly just un-American. But the way I see it, is when it's like oh seventy five percent you know I, you know I know we're talking about what polls are saying but seventy five percent of the people saying that this country is going in the wrong direction but 
the incumbents were winning, both Republican and Democrat. For the most part, the Republican, I mean, the incumbents were winning in, in all the different seats, you know, of government. So 75% of the people are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going the wrong direction, but yet they're voting for the very same people that got us there. Yeah, if that's not the definition of dumb, Kelly, I don't know what is. And so, and then also, the liberals claim that they're for the poor and they're for the middle class, but their policies are hurting the poor and the middle class. As I said, I mean, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not hurting as much as like you know other you know poor people are and, and other people in the middle class. I mean, they're all hurting, but so their policy. But but so what are they? What, I mean. They are suffering, but what are they getting in return for that suffering? And I guess they're voting for their guy or gal, you know. And this has just been a problem even before our economic woes from Biden is people think, oh, yeah, the politicians suck except my politician. You know, and that's not something I made up. That's an adage we've, I'm sure we've all heard before. Um but they, but they still did, and 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 now, and I'm kind of suspicious of the Supreme Court's timing now, of you know, that law, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade, because I do think that is significant. I mean, I, I think it is significant. But what does it tell us of an, as a nation? Maybe this is where he's alluding to evil. I, I don't like to blame evil for stuff. Um, you know, I get, but you know, I mean. I do think that people are, are, are allowing themselves and, and, and they're giving up the futures of the families so that they could still have the availability for women to kill their babies. I mean, it's like, so you'd rather have uh, the women have the ability to continue to kill their babies than to make sure that your future generation uh, has a better future than what you did. Uh, you know, so... That's what I think people voted for. I mean, I'm sure there was some thick stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's enough dumb people out there. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel bad saying it. I think there's enough dumb people out there that allow themselves to be duped. They allow themselves to be fooled, to you know, by the liberal media, which are the enemy of the people. Make no mistake about it, people. The media, the left media, is the enemy of the people. They just are. Uh, and they they they're they're lying to you. They try to make it as if all oh, this economy is not this regime's fault, and it is. I mean, there's 13 of the G20 nations that have a lower inflation rate than we do. You know, but then they're trying to convince that, and they have convinced a lot of people that our economic woes is not the fault of this current regime. I mean, all they got to do is look at the, what the economy was two years ago and then see what it is now. And then also, they're dumb because you finally had a president in Trump who wanted to, and they were talking about, I mean, how, how long have they been talking about the corruption of Washington, D.C., whereas what Trump called the swamp? He wants to you know, clean the swamp, so to speak. And then the media, the, the dumb people, were able to get themselves convinced that Trump is the one who's actually corrupt. And then you have the people in Arizona. I'm sure there's some some uh, cheat. You know, I'm sure there's some cheating going on over there. Um, but there had to be enough people who actually voted for Katie Hobbs 
to make that cheating successful. Because, I mean, with the numbers being as close as they are, you really don't need that much cheating in order to flip it, you know. So, and, and let's say let's say it, it wasn't. And let's say it wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't cheating. Let's say Arizona actually voted for uh, a Democrat senator and a Democrat uh, governor, and then over in, you know, Nevada, you get, you know, Democrat, you know, senator. I, even after this economy, you're dumb. They're, they're, they're just dumb, you know. And I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not mind. I'm not going to mince words about it. That that's what I think. I think they're dumb. And as you know, and that does not give me. I know, you know, what our academia is trying to do. Uh, and so that doesn't give us faith. I mean, they. I mean, the the Gen Zs who overwhelmingly voted for Biden, they were fooled to believe that Biden was actually going to get through with this loan forgiveness. Now, I think one of the mistakes the Republicans did do, and I I believe it did cost them some votes, didn't cost mine, is that, you know, the the student loan forgiveness, the Republicans should have never uh, went after that. The right should have never gone after that because they try to make it as if, you know, only people who didn't, you know, weren't smart on the major they picked or, you know, the people who, um, you know, are rich or something of that nature, you know, are are just going to get more money, uh, you know, or or not have to pay as much. But actually that, you know – that student loan forgiveness of ten to twenty thousand—that's going to help a lot of poor people, and it's going to help a lot of, you know, help a lot of the middle class, and not just your Democrats. It would have helped a lot of Republicans and, the, and, and and independents. And while I do think that the number of independents in this country is shrinking quite considerably, I would think, I, I do think, then, you know, I I think them fighting. Uh, Biden as much as they did on that, I think that lost them some votes too. That was not a hill for them to die on. And I think they spent too much time complaining about that. And I think that, you know, I think in the end that, that hurt them too. So I think it was Paul who said it, uh, that I, I think it was maybe yourself, Kelly, but there was a lot of different factors why there was not the red reckoning that, that really should have happened. I mean, that ought to have happened the way things are now, no, but it didn't. And I think it was for a lot of a lot of reasons, which unfortunately does not give me a lot of hope uh, for the future of our country and uh, in our and our in our next generation. Well, it's going to be state by state, really. What state by state by what's going on? Let me show you some stats for voter registration uh, or or uh, ballots cast in Arizona. The three main parties are Republican, Democrat, and other. Libertarians are just a chump change at 32,000. But the registration, you know, it's registration data. And they go by counties. I think there's 15 counties. Republican, 1.4 million. Democrat, 1.29 or 1.3. 1.4. There's more other voters in Arizona than the NPP, no party preference. Media calls them independents. That's more than the Democrats. Now, if we look at the ballots cast in the primary, okay, this is the August canvas in their primary, 
if we look at the uh, Republican ballots cast, this is where it was a big red flag for me when I'm seeing this 51-49 thing um, in, in several races. Okay, so um, there were 37.8, let's just say 38, 38% more Republican ballots cast than the Democrats. That means the independents and the Republicans got together and you had 37%, 38% more Republican ballots cast in the August Arizona primary. Gubernatorial, 39% more Republican uh, ballots cast for governor than Democrat. Secretary of State, 34% more. Attorney General, 42% more Republican votes, ballots uh, for AG than Democrat votes, actually. But so anyway, what's disgusting to me is when you have the independents getting with the Republicans and it's over the across the board, 38% more Republican ballots cast, and now you're telling me it's a close race with Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs? Like, come on, people. You expect me to buy this? You expect me that it's like a 40,000 vote difference for the governor race? <laughs> this isn't making any sense, just based on the, on the ballots cast in primary. And the votes cast for specific candidates. This is this is ridiculous. You're expecting the media is expecting me to buy a fifty-one forty-nine election for governor. Like, come on, people. Yeah, well, and um, I agree. That's why I'm saying the dumbing of America. You can show you can you can show the people those numbers, and they you know they'll be like oh so they'll just ignore it. They'll just ignore it. And the people won't bring it up because they're, they're going to be afraid that you're going to say, oh, you know, you're an election denier. You're an election denier is what they're going to worry about. Now, I thought I'd seen Jim pop in for a moment. Um, he's going to give us an, up, give us an update. Um, so I tried to call, but I can't call there. <laughs> so let's see. So let me um, – oh, we do got a Skype caller here. Go ahead, Kelly. I'm going to see who we got on Skype here. Uh, and then I'm going to see about uh, try to get Jim back on. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I want to discuss the. Uh, here's what we have: 99% of the victim, of expected votes counted in Arizona, and we are at a. Katie Hobbs, the media, called it, but uh, 1,281,958 votes. Carrie Lake, Republican, 1,264,758. The difference here is 7,200 votes. 200 votes. Really, when the 38% more ballots are cast for Republicans in the primary, and you're going to say it's off by, it's 50.3% to 497 that's six tenths of a percent. Oh, she needed a point five to do to call a recount. Just barely above that threshold. Of course. Half half a half a percentage point. So yeah, seven seven thousand two hundred out of two two and a half million. That's just ridiculous. I mean, do they do they actually expect me to buy this? 
that's my comparing to the Arizona primary. Do they really expect me to buy this? It's not making any sense. So I'm going to check out Abraham Hamadah, the Attorney General. I think uh, earlier, uh, maybe yesterday, he was only 3,200 votes apart, which would put him within the half percent that he can demand a recount. Um, but if you take <laughs> you take the ballots and you shove them through the same machines, you're going to get the same results. So they can do a hand count by risk-limited audit. We look into Pima County was really the one I was suspicious of. Um, and that's right on the border, Pima County, kind of the central part. It's got Tucson in it. So it's a 60.6 to a 39.4. Let's look at Maricopa. We are at 51.2 and 48.8. Maybe the reason why I was so close in Maricopa is because there's eyes and ears everywhere all over the place. And Pima, they just didn't, they weren't watching. But that's, that's you know, maybe I don't understand the demographics uh, politically of Pima County. That's the second most populous county. But that spread, just right away I caught that. 60.6 to 39.4. I'm just like, um, uh, just something doesn't oh, make yeah. sense. I mean, come on, people. I mean, and, and there's people dumb enough to believe that. But we do have uh, we have John and Jim on who's raised their hand to come in. Uh, let me get uh, let me get Jim in because he's got some updates. Uh, he was actually at an event tonight, I believe. Uh, you know, that was you know, talk about voter integrity and uh, I'd like to get some information on that. Uh, I got invited to go, but we're we're doing the show here, so let's go ahead and bring Jim and then John. Uh, thank you very much, Jim, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? And what do you think Fine. about this that, that election last week? Incredible, right? And not in a good way. Well, they're just stealing the country. We have to believe that the American people uh, are going to reward Biden and Democrats for gas prices almost doubling. And every time they go to the pump, they're smacked in the face. And the food in the grocery store is up at least 30%. And we're supposed to believe they rewarded the Democrats. They, they, they said on CNN, this was the best midterm for any president in American history. You know, usually the other party gains a little bit. So the, the Democrats gaining, uh, well, the, the, now AP has said they're going to lose the, the Republicans are going to get the House by a few votes. So AP is one of the conspirators. So by the time they come in and call something, They've been told by the three companies, okay, we got this under control. Here's what's going to happen. And so if they've announced it, I guess the Republicans are going to win by one or two votes. But that is unbelievable, too. In a real election, we would have won, you know, would have 58, 56 to 60 senators. It would have 250 to 270 out of the 435 House seats. But, you know, uh, and this is just like tonight. Through the vote, this lady gave a nice presentation. Through the vote, she works with three three national organizations, okay? And they're focusing on making sure the voter rolls are right. The dead people aren't voting. The people aren't voting twice. Uh, that, you know, people that shouldn't be registering aren't registering. And that's a very important thing. we got to lock that up, too. we got to close the fraud there. But I asked her, after complimenting her on what they're doing, which is very hard work, I said, um, is any of the three national groups you're working with, 
do they ever talk about the solution, which is hand counting the paper ballots at the neighborhood precinct before they leave the public site. And I said, you got to add before the pub, you, they leave the public site. Even Trump last night said we need paper ballots and got an applause, but he didn't add that have to be and, and, and uh, they got to be hand counted before we they leave the public site. So none of the organizations she was working with were focusing on that or even mentioning it. So I mentioned that you know where we are now, so far away from that, is these three companies. At that time, it was four companies went to every county between 1973 and 1988 and convinced them they would take this work off their hands, which they did. But the Board of Elections then gave up the, the only the right to the only reason they they gave up the only reason they exist, which is to make sure the count published at night is what the voters voted during the day and she agreed with all that as I was as I was saying it but again these big organizations are not putting any emphasis on that so I know that true the vote doesn't because I was a meeting with her speaking Engelbert and when I mentioned the solution I in my question I mentioned the solution and did she agree and she said I think it would be a mistake to get rid of all the machines right now and I was still standing, so I said, I wish I could debate you on that for five minutes before this audience, which was like 300 people. But anyway, that shows how far off they are on where we're headed. you got to tell people what we're shooting for. You just can't give them endless work of checking, you know, and, and actually people voting twice and three times and all that is very rare compared to computer fraud. Millions of votes can be switched in, in an hour and before they publish the results. And the mail-in ballots are completely unverifiable. Once you mail them, what's the chain of custody? Who got who got them? Who voted? Who collected other people's votes and dropped them in the drop box? Who just got a lot of blank ballots and dropped it and voted and dropped them in the box box? So voting by mail is becoming as big a problem as the computer fraud as of 2020 in this year. <clears throat> I was amazed that they had the gall to claim that Carrie Lake uh, lost. She immediately tweeted, everybody knows BS when they see it. And I hope there's a big movement out there. People I know in Arizona, one person said everybody in her small town she knew was for Kelly Lake. In Maricopa County, which has half the population for Arizona, they people that lived there said there was just about a Kerry Lake sign on every block. And then people see these results and they get very discouraged because they don't even know how crooked it is you know, they count the vote in secret after taking them away from the people. Our country could not be more enslaved than it is right now by the deep state and its its minions that they pay and have many that are naturally sympathetic to what they're doing or they're totally in favor of. We could not be more enslaved than we are now. And even despite all the other terrible results of this election, uh, them saying Kerry Lake lost, that that takes the cake. And, uh, yeah, they probably right. figured if had the Democrats win everything, including the House, that people would say more, – more people would say, you know, woo, this doesn't look right. People will now say, well, at least I guess it's fair we won the House by a few votes. But they're missing the point that these uh, treasonous traitors – have, have stolen hundreds of millions of votes that would have went for pro-American, pro-Constitution 
candidates and given it to their puppets. Hundred, they've stole. Well, I should say tens of millions, probably over a hundred million. I, I meant to say, in the last 50, uh, 50 years. And uh, in 1980, there was two really conservative, hard-headed guys running from Alabama, I think, and Mississippi. Maybe it was Georgia and Mississippi. And the one guy whose name is escaping me right now, he went to bed a hundred thousand votes up in a Senate race. Uh, might have been South Carolina, but he, he wakes up and he's losing. And that was all computer fraud. But I'm sure they told him, well, the Republicans are running with the Democrats. There's always a Republican Democrat. Yeah, none of those idiots can see anything because the three companies have taken the, the votes away from them and they've agreed to it. Get, get out of work, I guess, and they were probably strongly encouraged by the crooks running the Democrat and Republican Party, even back then. So, anyway, uh, that's, that's kind of a little report that, unfortunately, she was speaking for these three national groups, and none of them were really mentioning to the people what the solution is and, and why we got to throw all these machines out, even though I think all of them individuals like her were very in favor of the hand-counter paper ballots right on the spot before they leave the the uh, public site. So that's that's kind of my report there, Robert. I, 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 and so we can call until midnight, or did you do something special to get me in here? Uh, no, well, actually, just don't let your uh, your call drop, because after midnight, yeah, you won't be able to call back in. So you, you got oh, in okay. just no, before I, we're, I, we're unable to take calls. So as long as you stick... As long as you stay on the line, you'll be able to you'll be able to talk more. Right? No, no. I dropped the call myself because I thought that, and I was texting you to see if 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 uh, I say that I could only listen. That's what I thought. But then you corrected me, so it's still up till new, midnight that people can call in. Right, right. On this, one, yeah, I've been doing an earlier show just because uh, I've been having to get up earlier yeah. on the yeah uh, That's for, okay. for work the next day. But you know, we really want to. I really want to have this uh, episode tonight. I mean, right. I, I mean, I mean, I, I had, an, I had an idea where, or have an idea, you know, that we were talking about earlier, Jim, and then we're still going to bring in John, uh, where I thought, you know, I know Kelly doesn't like things to be totally electronic, but if we can find a way to make it, uh, I'm sorry, you know, you know make it like safe, is I. Well, I have an idea of, of linking people's vote to their social security number, and 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 actually, instead of having people use these Dominion machines, how about you know you just go and you know, and, and you pretty much everybody vote online, and then they can download on their personal computer or whatever their ballot, and so if they ever want to do an audit later, yeah, uh, wait, they can wait, have. Yeah, Robert, you could never get an audit together though. You could never get it. How could you get everybody to show up? I mean, the only way to do it is, and there is only one way, unless somebody can, where you got to count the ballots right there at the precinct before they leave the public site. So you dump the box out at the 7 o'clock or 7.30, and you have people pre-hired and pre-selected to do it there. Online, think of it. We'd all print out our ballot, and of course they would say our ballot was would be what we voted of course, that would say that to us, but in the computer, it could say it's the opposite. You know, it could steal our vote in the computer. But also, how could you ever get all the people together who got their ballot at home to check the election? If you didn't get everybody to show up, that's a problem, you know. So I, 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 don't, I don't see that you could ever do a check election, uh, an election to check 
Right now, the state of Arizona that have to pull in what four million people to come together with their ballots. But I don't know if millions of people vote in that Arizona. Yeah. You know. Well, I just think that these paper ballots and these mail-in ballots um, are just are, are what's causing all the trouble. <laughs> yep. 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 Especially these mail-in ballots now. I mean, well, the Democrats yeah, yeah. found the perfect system to keep cheating. Every mail-in ballot is illegal because the chain of custody is broken. As soon as it's mailed out or if people mail it back, pick it up and mail it back, it's, the chain of custody is broken on all all mail-in ballots. And, uh, and it, it gives them a chance to create thousands of mail-in ballots. Even if thousands are legitimate, thousands could be illegitimate, now, especially with the Dropbox idea is so stupid. The whole system is made for crooks, made for crooks by crooks, and unfortunately, um, you know, not enough Republicans seem to be free enough to object to the system. So, well, that's where I think a lot of people are feeling hopeless, and then I'm going to bring uh John, and I think that's why a lot of people are feeling hopeless. We feel like well, there's there's nothing we can do. I mean, that's why well, you know. Well, it's meant to make people feel hopeless. When when this Biden can't talk a sentence, somehow he's doing better as president. But a lot of times he still doesn't know where he is. He'll say he's in the wrong country and all that. And then we got with thirty percent inflation, almost double gas prices. It seems like it anyway. Um, that the people are rewarding. The uh, Democrats, on the basis that uh, allegedly so many women are upset that they can't drive, that some women would have to drive across state lines to get an abortion. Believe me, there's, that's a very small minority of women compared to. Right. And if they're if they're if they're upset about that, even the pro-abortionists, if they're upset about that, then they 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 would be more upset about the inflation. There's nothing they can do, do about it. I mean, the, the Supreme Court's already ruled it would be impossible to get a constitutional amendment through 38 states approving abortion. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Please, I definitely stand the line, Jim. I'm going to bring you John. Uh, he's going to... Uh, you're breaking up there, Jim. Okay, I said go ahead. Oh, yeah, good. Well, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. Uh, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you so much, Rob, Kelly, Jim. Good to hear from you guys. And definitely, I pretty much am on board with Jim and Kelly when it comes to this digital stuff. If you think about it, just the simple fact that they scan it into a digital form from there on out, period, I mean, the integrity of the chain of custody is lost forever. I mean, it's hard enough to deal with the physical ballot and maintain that integrity throughout the chain of custody through every phase. Once it becomes digital, I mean, especially think about it. Kelly didn't go into it. I'm sure he probably knows about all the packet sniffers, packet snoopers, rats, you know, random access tools for malware, keystroke logging, I mean, your unique identifiers in your system with your MAC addresses on your neck, and then you've got your subnet mask and your gateways and all that stuff that you can copy the different unique identifiers from each PC, and bam, you know who's on what and doing what and all of the software they got because everything's got serial numbers or some kind of identifier. 
it's the digital thing is totally away from me. But also on the other aspect of what you were talking about for all the votes, in addition to what Kelly was saying about just the discrepancy between the different numbers, well, also you remember the media has been in the left's back pocket for so long that they were pushing this get your 10000 and your $20,000, you know, like you were talking about, Robert, for your loan repayments. Well, how many students are there that's in debt for loan payments? And how many of the parents that are worried sick trying to figure out how to balance all their budgets to make sure that they help their kid pay them off? And then the um, – Mainstream media was pushing this deal about, oh, all of the Republicans are trying to defunct your or make your um, Social Security insolvent. You know, they want to totally wipe it out and all this stuff. So now all these elder people and stuff are thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to get my cost of living raises every now and then. It's not even keeping up with inflation as it is now. And then they do, you know, the standard routine of manipulating the data through, like Kelly was saying, just the will of the people, the corrupt people, that it's just basically their humanness, they're willing to get ill-gotten gain on the backs of their fellow Americans. And it's on everything. Just think about it. If one guy spend money on a certain project and the other person says, no, you know, that's going to put us in debt and it's – a useless thing. Well, the other person that wants it, they're they're going to say, "No, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. We're going to spend the money anyway." But then they're still going to steal the money from the, all of us taxpayers in order to pay it. But that's still a scam too, because the taxes and the IRS coming into be after the 1917 was just really a scam for the elite to be able to get the people to hack into the system, to be able to find out what you earn and what you own and what all your assets are, so then they'll know how much they can push you till you're bankrupt, and then they go ahead and run roughshod over you. It's just like the people that were trying to put together the, the Bitcoin thing where they all came together in community to buy the Constitution, and then the big-wig elitist investors got specialized hacker to go figure out what money they raised for it, and they figured out, oh, these all these people that did this community crowdfunding deal, they only came up with $40 million, so the elitist he bid $41 million, and he got it because he knew their position and that they wouldn't be able to fight him past that. And that's that's what all the IRS is, too. They just want to have access to know everything you own and what your um, position assets and stuff are. So that way, if you start getting too much assets, like Mr. McAfee and some of these people, uh, Mr. Schwartz, who committed suicide, and I don't know about Epstein, but these people know the scam, and they're trying to reveal the scam, but then the other elitist scammers that have computer scientists and stuff come in there, and then they manipulate the system to totally make you go bankrupt trying to fight the system, and then they put you in the corner, and you don't know any way out, and nobody else knows how to help you, so you go hang yourself or shoot yourself in the head or whatnot. That's part of the Luciferian scam trick. But anyway, thank you for the time, Robert, and I appreciate it. Back to you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, hey, I've got this. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I just want to say 
that Robert really that was very very excellently expressed, and I couldn't agree with him more that the entire purpose uh, everything that he said I think was was on target, but I couldn't agree with him more. The entire reason the deep state set up the IRS was to try to have a way to find out everything everybody has. They say it's voluntary, but you go to prison if they find out you didn't file, and you're supposed to go to confession on yourself of everything. That you as as jo, the late great columnist Joe Sobrin wrote, with the IRS, everyone is always at every minute a suspected criminal, and nobody should be allowed. The founding fathers' unreasonable search and seizure was exactly against the, the something like the IRS, and. Uh, you know, they they passed that in the 1913-16s in there, saying, oh, this is only for people that own property and get rent, or only people that wrote a song and they get a royalty. This isn't for the working man. And then in 1941, they sent a false saint named uh, the guy from Chicago, uh, the uh, economist, Milton Friedman, a false saint into the Congress to say, we just need a little bit of your income to pay for World War II. It was called the pay-as-you-go tax. Uh, and Americans thought, yeah, we should pay as we go. And then they took a little bit, and then after World War II, they kept it up, and finally they were up to 10 or 15 or 20%, depending on, on the person. And they were had everybody feeling they had an obligation to fill out these 1040 forms which I have to recommend that people do if they own anything because they'll just come and take your house. But no one is morally obligated to set to do it. Can I jump back in real quick? What? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's why if you look right now of all the hassle that President Trump is going through with all the lawsuits from the different people wanting to look into all his organizations, they used all of those tax credits and deductions mm-hmm. and all this stuff as strings and carrots to get you to be bought into the system, and now they're going to use them to blackmail you. And uh-huh. they're going to fraudulently twist the fabricate and false report in order to say, no, this is what this means. And then they make it sound like it's legitimate, and the masses, like you're saying, Robert, are so ignorant, they just buy into it. Yeah, he was a crook. That's all I had, Robert. Yeah, well, I'm watching a video here that was actually posted um... – by Jeffrey Liberty from the Watch to Vote USA, and you guys probably seen it. It's about an eight minute, twelve second video. It's just all these cars are just coming up, and, and they're probably dropping at least five, uh, you know, five ballots in at like a time. It's 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 unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's it's like you know five, seven ballots. You know that they're they're dropping at a time. You know, I say, look, if you go there, you know, you, there should be a limit. You know, all the, you know, it's it's right here in video. You know, and then what about the judge? You know, what what about the, you know, again, what if you know, what about the judge who? Uh, oh, there you go. And then, see, now there's these uh, police officer. Uh, you got to watch the video. It's on the uh, on Facebook, um, but it's on Watch the Vote USA. Is what it is. What it is. Go ahead, guys. Is that the 2,000 Mules video? No. Um, it says, how secure is it really? It's on YouTube. But if you go to Facebook and go to Watch the uh, Watch the Vote USA, it's uh, some posts 
uh, that was just posted like 10 minutes ago from Jeffrey Liberty. Uh, he just posted, uh, you know, a couple of videos, but that's one of them that, I'm, that I've been watching. And it's just, uh, it's just unbelievable. Well, and the whole concept of drop boxes is insane and absurd in the first place. Like you said earlier, the integrity of the chain of custody is gone right just as soon as they fill one of them puppies out and drop it in the box. Right. Wow. That's just, that, that's just unbelievable, man. That's just unbelievable. Well, wow. here's uh, another thing on uh, Watch the Vote USA on Facebook. It says, uh, this is a gateway pundit. Here's Maricopa County investigation finds additional 740,000 ballots that have no documented chain of custody. A new report from verified vote for that produces, provides massive evidence of law violations in Maricopa County's 2020 election. That's it's 2020. Okay, not 2022. 740,000 ballots were accepted in count without the property of custody documentation in violation of Arizona law. Always by failed to record. Maricopa County failed to record the number of ballots on 1,514 out of 1895 unique chain of custody documents and failed to record signatures on 48 of these documents. There is no way of knowing how many ballots these invalid documents accounted for or were inserted into the system. There's an Senate full forensic audit report has been delivered to the Arizona Attorney General, and we are awaiting the results of his criminal investigation. Um, oh, my. So he's only got a couple of Can you get more direct on your mic? We're having, I'm having a hard time hearing you. So 740,000. Sorry about that. 740,000. Is that the number? Yeah, 740,000 ballots have no documented chain of custody. This is for the 2020 election. Now, the biggest question is, well, what's the Attorney General going to do? Because he only has until, what, I think uh, January 5th, maybe, to get anything done. Um, Wow. Uh, Here's another story. Well, why, why is Arizona policy still uh, still legal in Arizona? Why didn't they do anything about that? That needs to be stopped. What was that again? The what? I said, why is ballot harvesting is it is it legal in uh, Arizona? I mean, what is ballot harvesting? Isn't it just changing ballots? Well, no. Basically, it's um, when you could go off the. No, but Bible harvesting is basically when you go to people's homes or you go somewhere or like a nursing home or something like that, and you just collect a lot of ballots, you know, filled out ballots, and then you go to one of these drop boxes and just drop them in there. You're harvesting well, ballots yeah. by going to places and collecting them all. In yeah. California, it's legal. Like, I walked over to my neighbor. He trusts me. But we both had to sign. He signed it on his that – he authorized me to deliver his ballot. So I, I took his ballot. This is in the primary um, in June. I just walked over with my ballot and his in my hand. I dumped it in the official ballot box, which is a cardboard box with the word official ballot box on it. Okay. Um, wow. So we have a special master. This is interesting. 
in Arizona that's uh, special master names computer experts to examine Maricopa County routers and Splunk logs. Question from the Arizona State Senate to Special Master John Shedeg released. A special master is a uh, unique judge that's been appointed. So I don't want to – anyway. So I did point – I did find something else about Arizona with the 2022, this current election that we just – last week. Um, there were six uh, Republican congressmen – that's the House of Representatives, of course – Six Republican congressmen from Arizona that got elected. There was two uh, congressional districts that flipped from Democrat to Republican. There were only three, um, three Democrats to Congress, the counties again. But pretty much, uh, here it is. Yeah, Democrats were one, two, three, three. All right, so six. Republicans going to Congress from Arizona, Arizona. Only three Democrats going to Congress from Arizona, and you're telling me the Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs election governor was was right. neck and neck. Like, come on, people. You know, the same thing happened to Matt Bevin. I mean, every Republican in that race. When he ran for re-election, won except him. So are you going to say there's uh, there was so, there was so much split voting that you're going to have all these Republicans in Kentucky uh, win and then Matt Bevin lose, like the only yeah. Republican to lose? Yeah. yeah so you're going to have all these people. No, I was going to say he had a big 25,000 attended Trump rally the night before or two nights before. The other guy never held a rally. That was one of the most obvious thefts of all time, but um, uh, he didn't want to. He didn't. He didn't want to do anything to challenge it. All he had to do is say, "We want to see the ballots in Louisville and Lexington and Frankfurt right now. We're going to come and count them right now." And he could have at least made him refuse to do that and before the whole world. But he he kind of dropped out as soon as he lost. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that either. Well, now one of the things on this video that I noticed, I mean, I didn't notice. I mean, I, somebody else noticed it. I noticed it, and they, they, they put it on the video that these people are taking pictures of the with their phones of how many ballots that they're that they're putting in the ballot box. Why are they doing that? Some are speculating that they're getting paid by each ballot that they're dropping in these boxes. I think uh, that all that needs to get invest, investigated. That's a good question. <clears throat> well, yeah. So that yeah, the, you see, you see them with their cell phone taking a picture of the, the of the ballots before putting it in the box. Uh huh. Now on the two thousand mules dot com, you know two thousand mules video. If you've seen that, they actually talk about that's exactly what's going on. They're taking pictures of the ballots or dropping the ballots in the box to just be proof of a receipt, so to speak, that they did their job so they can get paid. But I don't, you know, I don't know much about it. I just I did see the uh, two thousand mules though, and it's in there. They're talking about that very same thing. Well, that makes it makes sense. So, with with the uh, 
men that were by the ballot drop boxes. And by the way, the Republicans of Arizona tried to get rid of those, and they didn't have the votes in the state house Senate to get rid of the the uh, ballot drop boxes. Wasn't it a Republican controlled Senate? Democrats the, the state house senate of Oregon, or sorry, Arizona. So, but they is, have are they Democ- to, Is it Democrat controlled? Well, okay, I'm I'm actually not sure, but they do know that the election laws they tried to pass, the Republicans tried to pass election reform laws like get rid of ballot drop boxes, but it was party line and something else happened. But the Democrats they couldn't get it passed in the Arizona Senate. So that's why they were stuck with the ballot ballot drop boxes. I don't know if anybody can check, but I'll bet you the Arizona Senate is Republican, and a lot of Republicans voted with the Democrats. Well, they just didn't. Anyway, but with the ballot drop boxes, a whole bunch of people organized an effort. The effort was um, people were showing up by the ballot drop boxes, uh, with body armor and or guns, and they were standing by the bell drop boxes, and that was obviously to intimidate any of the mules that were stuffing in the ballot drop boxes. So then it went to the, the left sued immediately. Oh, voter intimidation! The Secretary of State said, "Oh, we've had some voters intimidated." Really? Right. In Arizona, it's an it's an open carry state, so don't tell me people are intimidated. They used to be used to people walking around with guns but anyway so the first judge said uh well what what the left wanted to do was uh these these men with guns uh remove them from near the bell drop boxes and the first judge uh i think it was a county judge uh, it, it went up to a federal judge that did this but the first judge says uh this is an open carry state and these are public streets. So what's your problem here? Uh, liberals, your request is denied to remove the men guarding the ballot drop boxes. And they were guarding them 24-7. So, um, <laughs> sorry. So then they went to another judge and affirmed it. They finally got a federal judge. And the federal judge made the ruling, you got to be 500 feet away from the ballot drop box. And you cannot talk to somebody unless they first address you. I'm like, seriously, federal judge, we lost the right of free speech? Like, somebody can't yell, hey, what are you doing? Um, so it's it's insane to, to think about, you now there's low tech and there's high tech, but it's insane to think how much the Democrats are doing everything for the low tech tricks, ballot stuffing through the ballot drop boxes. This is, this is beyond, it's like, I mean, why? I mean, they're fighting every way possible to keep a system that has vulnerabilities right and left and left and right. They just got to have the vulnerabilities so they can do what? Oh, take advantage of the vulnerabilities. This is this is crazy. 